Hey guys, thanks for joining us at Nondell Influencers Podcast. I am your host, Nate Clear, uh, soon to be president of First Funding, currently National Sales Manager. Today, it's my honor to introduce Mike Mel, SVP from Freedom Mortgage. Mike, how are we doing? Great. How are you, Nate? And congratulations on this new title. I didn't hear about this before. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, kind of a blessing and a curse, I'd say. But yeah. uh, at any yeah. rate, I'm still excited um, kind of for that for that new chapter. It's awesome. So, so for our listeners today, um, this is really for if you're an existing correspondent, you're going to want to tune in just to understand kind of trends that are going on more specifically uh, in the government lending space. And if you're a broker um, that's just tuning into this podcast, trying to get more information on some of the benefits, we're going to dive into some of those benefits as it relates to government lending. Perhaps you're doing FHA, you're doing VA, USDA, whatever. Um, those are some of the concepts that we're going to we're going to tackle today. And so, who who better than than Mike? Um, Mike, you and I got started. Man, what was that? Two thousand thirteen or so? Two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, 13, 14, right around there. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Come on. <laughs> we've done a we did a ton of VA business back then. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, kind of when I was thinking about, hey, you know what, we're we've done so much more or less around conventional conforming. Right. I need somebody from a government standpoint that's that's done a lot of government lending to to yep. come in and talk about it. So yeah. Um yeah. appreciate well, you for having us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. So no surprise, right? Like um Everybody's seen here over the last 18, gosh, almost 24 months now, interest rates rising. Yeah. Are you have you seen with that an increase, decrease in government lending? What is that? I mean, what does that look like from Yeah, I I think Nate, generally, generally speaking, we see I feel like government gets hit a little bit harder when rates are rising like this. Just I mean, there's a couple of specific reasons. One being Generally, the government loans tend to be a little bit harder to get done. They're maybe not as cash uh, flush. Their incomes might not be as as great. So you have a harder time qualifying when, you know, if, if you've got somebody approved at a 48% DTI and now all of a sudden rates are, uh, you know, two points higher, you you know, you kind of lose the pool of people that could have bought homes. So that's it. I mean, I think that they're definitely the government loans get hit a little bit harder in the rising interest rate environment for sure. And is that and you're seeing that. I mean, right. Naturally, refinances go pretty much yeah, away, yeah. right? Um, yeah, so yeah. that's more for the just the affordability side of things. Exactly. I mean, affordability is big on on the on the government lending, and and when rates go up, it's it's a big hit. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you say, refinances have gone to the wayside for the most part, right? We're we're all yep. in a purchase market. We're all fighting over the same loans, and um, you know, not as many people qualify when rates are two points higher than they were, you know, 18 months ago, two years ago. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's tough. And, you know, generally speaking, the government, the government sector, those loans um, are just a little bit harder to get done. So when you have, you know, interest rate pressure, it's, it makes it a little bit harder for those to get done. So I think that's why that volume and that market has gotten, has shrunk more than, than you probably see the conventional market shrink. Absolutely. And yeah. can you help me out, help me to, to kind of understand a little bit more? So, um, if I'm using a conventional product and I put 5% down, I'm still having to pay MI. If I you know, choose a, an FHA product or a VA product, where does that insurance come in and what does that look like in comparison to conventional 
private MI versus this government MI? Well, so, I mean, it depends on the program. So VA, VA, they have a funding fee that that's charged, right? There's no yep. monthly, there's no monthly fee on VA loans, but there's a funding fee that's charged that the veteran has to pay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's what's on top of that. On FHA loans, you do have, you have an upfront MIP that you're paying, and you also have a monthly MIP that you're paying. So, I mean, it's, and you can put down, you put down three and a half versus five. There's, you know, there's different factors involved there, but, but, you know, that's, that's really the, the area that there's the difference. BA, gotcha. BA being the one where you don't have any monthly MI. Gotcha. And so our brokers and lenders, are they able to offer the same government products? They are, they are. Okay. Same programs, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's being on the non-Dell Influencer uh, podcast. It's, it's, I mean, that to me, that's the, the beauty of being a non-Dell is, is that you can offer the same products that you're offering as a broker. You can offer them as a non-Dell. I mean, you know, we have, we have a freedom. We've got, you know, not only people doing VA loans, but FHA loans, all products, right? And mm -hmm. it's, it's the same products, same thing. You're the lender. It's, it's, there's definitely benefits to it for sure. Yeah. So I know that, you know, for VA, USDA, you don't need a change licensure, but can we talk a little bit about FHA and what changes there when you're making that transition from broker into correspondent? Yeah. So on, the F, on FHA, if you're um, going to be, you know, closing loans and closing loans in your name, you've got to get, uh, you've got to get a different approval with the, with, with HUD basically and it's you have to have a certain net worth you have to have a certain approval you don't have to underwrite the loans and you don't have to have your own DEs on on staff the lender can still do that meaning you know freedom or any other lender like that but you do mm -hmm. have to get a certain approval you have to you know it's a it's a little bit more stringent to make that happen but right. you know when you do that you have you have all the advantage of going along with that right and so, I mean, and for our listeners, I, I don't think anything's changed. Still a million dollar net worth. 20% of that needs to be um, liquid in order to, to qualify right. through head. But I think, Mike, that's a, it's a really good point because we run into a lot of folks that certainly making the transition from broker into correspondent. Um, one of the, the biggest things that they appreciate about the non-delegated space is I want to make this transition and I want to be in the most protected environment. And I think yeah. that's a big piece of the non-delegated piece. Let's let, you know, let's let freedom, let's let our investor take on the credit underwriting decision. Um, right. So I think that that's really big. And I think beyond that, even once you move into that FHA space, even if you have the million dollars, it doesn't necessarily mean that not only do you have this, you know, additional equity built up in your business, which isn't a bad thing, um, but you don't necessarily have to then kind of plunge yourself into the risk of underwriting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in, in the, I would say even government more so than conventional because conventional, we all know, is is very AUS driven, right? I mean, you put something in, you, as long as you can fact check that, it's going to be good. You, you've got a bunch of different uh, scenarios in government lending, especially FHA. You're doing potentially manual underwrites where you're going to bank those. Are you really going to have your own underwriter when you're a smallish company or do you have that backed and that that risk taken out of the equation altogether by the lender, somebody like Freedom or any of the other big lenders out there. Right. So yeah. you know, we've, we've talked about um, kind of where government lending is today. Um, 
margin compression across the board, right? So there's there's certainly opportunity in government lending, uh, lower down payments, more affordable, easier to qualify, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Completely understand that. Um, what do you see as some of the limitations that are in the broker model as it pertains to uh, government business? Well, one thing that comes up, and it's and it just does is is you have you have issues qualifying for QM. I mean, if in other words, when you have rates as high as they are right now, and you have brokers trying to make their comp, well, that QM calculation includes the lender, the broker's lender paid comp. So if their lender paid comp is two and a half, let's say that's included in that QM calculation. You might have situations where you've got some discount included in that. There's underwriting fees. There's all those types of things. It makes it hard to qualify in certain circumstances when rates are very high. So that's one thing that I know that a lot of our, a lot of the people that make the jump to to um, non-DEL for FHA, they might be non-DEL for VA and conventional, but they, you know, they go ahead and get the approval for FHA is to avoid that issue. Because when you're, you know, when you're a non-DEL, any comp that the lenders in a secondary transaction is not included in that QM calculation. So that's something that's, that's something that jumps off the page at me right off the bat is that like, that's a big deal. So right. that's something that we see. I see a lot. Yeah. And I, I think we see the same thing, right? Is that it's uh, ultimately, if I'm putting all of this on the front end, um, whether it's bar paid or lender paid, right? It doesn't matter. It's still counting that's towards right. that QM. That's it's right. difficult for me to, serve all the people that I want to serve, right? To to right. provide that, you know, hey, American dream, home ownership. Right. Right. Um, it's it's difficult to do that, right? And yeah. make a living and pass yeah. QM, especially right. at lower loan amounts. Right. Yeah. I mean there's and there's all types of things going on right now. There's, you know, there's in the marketplace right now, there's lender LO comp questions going on out there. There's some there's certain things out there where there's been some changes and some different ways to look at things that to me being a non-DEL takes all that out of play. Like that's just it's not there. You're it's a secondary transaction. You're you're the lender. You're running, you know, you're running your own shop. So it's and the beauty of it is you have all the you have all of the benefits of being a broker still. So if you're a non-DEL, you still have all of all of us lenders out here buying for your business. You still have all of us. You're just right. a correspondent doing it, right? Or non-DEL yep. versus versus a broker. So I mean it's it's a win-win from that from that perspective for sure. Gotcha. So talking about the doom and gloom of what we're seeing, a lot of what we're reading about here in the you know the last I don't know, couple of weeks has been, mm-hmm. hey, looks like rate hikes are on pause for the for- foreseeable future. Maybe first quarter we're going to start seeing, you know, uh, interest rate uh, cuts. Right. What does this mean on the on the other side? Um, you know, there's Tons of affordability, right? Uh, right. In the government programs, does that mean that we're going to see government lending slow down as a result of this when interest rates drop? I don't think so. Like I, yeah. to me, to me, it's going to pick up and it's going to. It's. I mean, look, if rates drop, like we were talking about earlier, more people are going to be able to qualify. It's going to take off. It's not going to slow government lending down at all. Yeah. Um, you still have, you know, you still have houses at their highest and forever, right? So. Yep. You know, it's 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 even if rates come down, we're going to still have some other issues that we're going to deal with at some point down the road. Right. So I don't think the low down payment programs are going to go away. Those are just going to get stronger and and go go from there. Not to mention, I'm I'm sure you've you've lived through one of these refi booms. We all lived through one in COVID. But when rates drop, 
the government refinance programs take off. So, I mean, all this business we've been doing for the last 18 months, all that business is going to refinance because they're at elevated rates. So if rates drop a point, if we get into the sixes and we get in, maybe we get into the fives, I mean, that's that's going to cause a refinance action and that all those government loans that have been done, they're going to get refinanced. There's no question about that. So that brings me kind of my next point on the on the um, the refinance side of things. You know, when we were originally doing business together, it just seemed like Earl's left and right. Um, can you kind of walk me through why we had so much business together and why we had such a migration from broker to correspond and in particular on that product? Well, I mean, I think I think essentially it was those were easy. Those are easy to get completed. I mean, there is there is there's those are easy to scale up. If you could figure out how to get those in the door, those are easy to close. You can close a bunch of them and you don't have any issues. So that explains to me why that market took off, right? I mean, yep. you know what I mean? So that's that's first. As far as why it's, as far as why everybody's doing it as a course, a non-Dell or a correspondent, I think it's because you have all the flexibility involved there, right? I mean, you you can, you can actually, I mean, we haven't talked about this, but you know, your disclosures as a lender are much different, are different than what is a broker. I mean, you're showing, because really on an Earl, for instance, you're showing it as a no cost loan. Well, on a bro, when you're brokering one and you're doing it lender paid, you're showing cost. Whether or not the borrower is paying for it, you're still showing that you're making X percentage. As a lender, as as the non-Dell, you're just showing your disclosures as is, right? I mean, you're if you charge them nothing, there's no fee to that. So, and you're making all your money on the back in a secondary transaction. So, I mean, there's I mean, there's a couple of different reasons, but that's that's definitely part of it too, for sure. And so, is that the way, right? I mean, we talked about um, it the the government mi or the funding fee on those vas mm. generally you know what we see on our side from the warehouse lending standpoint is that all of that showing up as lender credit to help offset any of those costs as well right right yeah yeah <clears throat> i mean if you're in the right market that's that's what happens right i mean those are really zero cost loans because there's enough there's enough rebate to pay those fees for the broker or however it works. So it, yeah, definitely. That's exactly how that shows up. And it's, you know, that's why the market needs to improve um, to make that happen. That's why you don't see a lot of Earls right now is because the rates just haven't dropped enough. And even if they drop to the point where you could do one, you can't really do them as no cost loans. It doesn't make a lot of sense for them to lower their payment for, and pay $3,000 when they're gonna lower their payment 30 bucks or 20 bucks. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, if it's free, a lot of people would do that, right? It's it's a uh, if it doesn't cost them anything, they would and doesn't add to their loan amount. They would a lot of people would do that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things you know that I, I get from well, I guess we, all of us get right is yeah. questions around. Okay, I move into this correspondent model and yeah. maybe I take advantage of uh, of doing these VAs. I'm going to do them so that I've got enough credit in order to cover my compensation as well as government funding fees. I think some guys get a little too aggressive in trying to do that and maybe have inflated interest or maybe an overly inflated rate. Um, and then they have concerns around or, you know, early payoffs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you walk us through kind of like what you would say? I mean, I know you've got a number of correspondent accounts. You talk about this all the time. What's yeah. kind of the. I don't know, is there an ethos? Is there a, you know, a thought process that they need to consider? 
is there a, it's, a best practice yeah, I mean, that's, so that you can yeah i mean that's i mean to me that's that's the that's the question they have to ask yourself that look in the mirror and see right i mean now if they want to close these loans at a rate that's elevated they're asking for those loans to be paid off sooner because if the market's not rising or flat if those loans will be eligible again in six months now the, I mean, one of the one of the positives from the another positive from the government sector is is you kind of avoid EPOs for the most part because they're generally, you know, six months and you can't really do a refinance on a government loan inside of six months. So you kind of avoid EPOs, but you still have situations where you're putting somebody in a loan that probably is not the best loan. Whereas if you give them the lowest rate possible where they can get get in there for no, you know, no, no closing costs, that's probably the better decision. So, but that's really, you know, that's, that's, that's the lenders, the non-Dells uh, decisions to make really. But, right. you know, but like, you know, that's different. Like conventional loans, those loans can go right away. Like they can do a rate and term refinance tomorrow. And now we're stuck holding a bag. So there'd be no reason to put them in a rate that was too high in that instance, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because you're just asking to write that check back to the to the lender. Right. Yeah. I think that's a it's a good point. And I know that's yeah. you know, one of the questions that we got not too long ago was more around the, you know, the EPOs and the risks that are associated with it. Sure. Um so appreciate some of that light. Kind yeah. of circling back now on the um those government funding fees. Yeah. So I know that in the you know the conventional conforming space, usually that MI can all be run as part of the underwrite um, that's being done on conventional. Does yeah. that change in the non-delegated channel as it relates to government? No, we. I mean, it's part of it. We. I mean, like for instance, at Freedom, we handle all that for for everybody. We we get the loans insured. We handle the payment of the fees. Now, it, there are some some non-del customers that are I would say larger that have all this stuff in place. They they have that. They handle that stuff which is fine also but but you know for your guys that are just transitioning or just getting started we do all that for them and i would imagine most lenders handle all that stuff for them also gotcha so yeah i don't need to go get my separate sign up for fha my separate sign up for va separate one for usda right um, etc yeah so i can come out of the gate essentially get set up um open up government lending if i've you know va usda right off the bat fha if i get my hot approval Exactly. You got to get your out approval, but, and, you know, and that's, I mean, that's always a good, that's why you see a lot of VA Earls also is because they're ready to go right off the bat, right? I mean, they get approved with you guys or with first funding or somebody else, they're ready to go. They can do a VA loan tomorrow um, as long as they know how to disclose or use the, use the system, the lender system to disclose, they're good to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I appreciate you coming on. I think it's really helpful for our listeners to understand that, you know, it's not just for conventional conforming. This right. is open to also the government space. I, I appreciate the opportunity insight on the the differences in disclosures and how that can be worked to their their advantage. Sure. Um, one of the other things that you know I'd be remiss if we didn't mention was um, when those premiums do come back, um, not having to you know based off of comp plan exceeding the cost for those closings, having to go back to underwriting re-underwrite for um principal reductions etc also save time improve the borrower experience um so i think that that's important so no question um, so guys um for those of our our listeners um mike mel svp handles wholesale non-delegated for freedom mortgage um certainly reach out to him if you're interested in more on government lending how you can do that as a non-delegated if you're a broker you want to make that transition 
Um, I know Mike and I have worked closely on uh, on he helping people do that effectively. Um, so please feel free to reach out if you need warehouse lending. Of course, first funding's here to help. Um, love to help you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, follow, share with your friends and family. Non Dell Influencers Podcast. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, Nate. Yep.